0: Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020-20 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests for 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of tech sales to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host, Olly Kune.
1: Welcome to the show, everyone.
0: And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Stuart Simmons. Stuart, welcome to the show
1: hey guys good to see you both absolute pleasure to have you on the show stuart well no thanks for the invite i really
0: appreciate it i'm super excited about today um and what's interesting stuart is that your transition into the playbook community was slightly later obviously you had a a a very interesting background starting in investment banking um you then transitioned into into kind of more of a sales role with a notable um, kind of career move into MongoDB where you really helped them crack the financial services market. You've been part of two of the most important and successful IPOs in this community. Could you please introduce your topic to us, please, uh, Stuart? Sure, Simon. Thank
2: you. So, look, the, the topic for today is really... How can you build a belief system that enables you to think big, act big, and ultimately execute big?
1: Amazing. So so why have you chose this to- topic today, Stuart? Why, why is it so important?
2: So we, we all talk about adding value to our customers and building transformational partnerships. And if you look at the whole digital transformation process that's going on in every industry at the moment, how do we help buyer, executive buyers, demystify the tens and hundreds of technologies that are out there that, that ultimately pretty much all say the same thing in terms of the value that they give? Um, so how do we really help our technology, our solution, our software stand out from the crowd?
0: Amazing. So let's get into the bones of it Stuart you are regarded as a fearless executioner right and you know that's that's the way that you're kind of known by your peers your colleagues but I'm just conscious that this could be a bit of a yeah it'd be really just good to kind of understand how you're able to turn that fearlessness into something where you are able to go and bring lots of value to your customers so just talk us through that please. Sure.
2: And look, I think being fearless is, is a really great trait in sales. Um, and I think that comes probably from two areas of me. Firstly, my wife. Um, I picked up on a way that in her, life, in her job that she has to deal with execs on a daily basis and she has to build relationships with them. Uh, and she approaches that in a completely fearless way. Um, and, and secondly, I think coming from an industry, I think it really demystifies senior people. I mean, people that haven't worked in an industry, they put the, they put these senior people up on a pedestal, uh, where really, they're just normal people. Uh, normal people, they've got career ambitions, they've got key KPIs and outcomes they want to drive every year. They've got risks, concerns, and challenges they need to overcome. So I think by kind of being on the inside, it helps me to look at these people kind of through a different lens than probably traditional enterprise salespeople do Uh, And I think that really helps kind of my strategy on going really, really, really senior because what's the worst that can happen? If you you prepare really well for an exec meeting um, and you're credible and you've taken time to understand their business and taken time to put a, a value proposition to them on how your technology can help them achieve those outcomes, what's the worst that can happen? Now, that might, not, that might not land 100% in that first meeting, but I'll tell you what will happen. You'll gain credibility with that exec.
0: Can you just tell us a little bit about what that preparation looks like and how you're able
2: to use that preparation to really elevate yourself within some of the largest accounts? Yeah, sure. And, and it goes back to the, the nature of the topic. It's firstly building a belief, like an inner belief system, because if you don't believe something that you're going to pitch to somebody else, that's gonna come across. And and again, you're not really gonna be credible. So first things first, it starts with you. Um, And I think this can be applied either whether it's a a cold account, which you don't really know too much about, or whether it's an existing customer where you're looking to really execute a strategic partnership or an upsell or cross sell with that customer. Um, So first things first, it literally is as simple as, lock yourself in a room for an hour, take a blank piece of paper, and what is the vision that I have for this customer or prospect? Now, it needs to be really, really bold where if you, if you sit back and look at the piece of paper and think, that's probably not possible. That for me is the right kind of vision. Um, my team, we've just done a team kickoff for the new fiscal, Uh, And we spent a whole day talking about um, big, hairy, audacious goals where you set yourself goals that are only really achievable over like a uh, three, five, seven year time horizon. And we actually ripped that rule book up and said, actually, what can we achieve in the next 12 months that you would typically achieve in three to five years with a customer? Um, So first things first, set a vision for an account. Whether or not you know it really well or you're new into that account, you can still set that vision. And then it's around building out a strategy to actually execute that vision. Um, And then it's really around kind of partnering with internal stakeholders first to validate, is this vision and strategy even possible? Now they'll probably say maybe, but there'll be some stretch goals within that. And it's around sitting down with your SE, Firstly, do they agree technically that we could achieve that? Then it's around um, presenting to the, the wider account team for that customer or prospect and walking them through your vision and strategy for that account. Um, I advise having some kind of strap line to that vision, i.e. let's call it 10, 10, 10 for 10. Maybe you want to do a $10 million deal in the next 10 months. But something like an anchor Strap line that everybody can resonate with um and then it, then it's really a case of testing that vision and strategy with your coaches your champions in a particular customer or prospects and really getting them to validate are we really hitting on the key strategic initiatives that they're looking to to drive um, and would that resonate when we take that to the economic vibe um, And that will probably take, in a large major account, that will probably take a couple of months to really, really nail down and hone and tweak that vision and strategy. And then once we really, you feel you get that to a certain place that could be presented with credibility to an economic buyer, you then need to work out how you're going to get to the economic buyer. Because one thing that will absolutely happen if you start to apply this belief system and really thinking big, your economic buyers probably move up about three levels in an organization because you're trying to attach yourself to true board level initiatives, your economic buyer isn't a middle level management person. It will be true, true C-level. Um, so then it's building a strategy. So who do we actually, who do we use to take us to the economic buyer?
0: So obviously you talk about the discovery process with your with your customers, right? So you obviously go in there, you're working with your coaches, your champions, you're really kind of validating the vision. But what do you do before that? What what do you enter at what point do you enter the discussion? And what do you need to come enter into that discussion with to really start facilitating? Because I can't imagine you could just turn up and say, we're gonna work this out, guys. What do you think? You know, you need to enter with something. So, so talk us through that
2: process. Sure, and I'll, I'll probably break it into two areas. One is if it's a, a land account, and one if it's an expand account, because they're probably slightly different. So let's take an example where you're new to a software company, you get a territory of 10 accounts. One of those accounts is a big account you've never sold to before. But even so, it still makes sense to build a vision and strategy from day one. Now that's something that will evolve quite quickly over time as you start to get into the account and engage with them. But at that stage, it's really a case of um, slowing down the speed up. So go to spend time with the whole partner landscape that works with that particular organization. Tech partners, GSI partners, CSP partners. What, what are the outcomes that they're driving? Who are the people that they're working with? Who are the people, what are the areas where there may not be investment from that organisation, where they're trying to shrink back or maybe sell off, where clearly you don't want to spend time on? Where are the areas of investment and growth and acceleration? And that firstly helps you build up a kind of a phase one picture of that organisation through the lens of partners. Now, clearly you can you could layer into that your own research. Simplistically shareholder reports, your own research online. As an organisation, how are they structured? How do they drive revenue? Um, what are the lines of business that are, that are driving more revenue than others? What, who, who's growing, who's shrinking? What are the, the board level initiatives that they're really looking to drive? Um, as we know, there's a huge amount around digital transformation at the moment. so. What are the hooks by which we can build a vision and strategy against? And then go and test the water. If it's, a, if it's a lab account, it's fairly cold, and you know full well that you're not going to be able to execute that vision and strategy in a cold account, probably for 12 to 24 months. But I promise you, even by doing that from kind of day one in that account, and if you if you communicate that vision and strategy in a in the same way to every single person that you meet with the same talk track, that will start to resonate and kind of sink in with everybody that you meet, even if you know you can't get there for quite a while. And then over time, as you start to get deeper in that account, you can can iterate upon that strategy. Now flipping that to the second one, where it's more of an expand opportunity for an existing customer, clearly you've got the foundational information of that organisation. Um, And you've probably got one, two, three live use cases for your particular technology that's delivering value. And then it's a case of taking that as an anchor and then really working your coaches and champions to build this strategy and vision that aligns to the true transformational initiatives which said organisation wants to achieve. So whether it's warm or cold, Doing this from literally day one will ultimately drive significant impact in that
0: account. Mm. So, so, are you sitting down looking at org charts? Are you look, looking at kind of, I don't know, um, if you're looking at kind of reports that are coming out of the business? Why, you know, what, what is it that? What kind of information are you collating, and to, to be able to kind of really draw this? I, I know you obviously you, you leverage the champions and the people but also there's there's other research that can be done or, or, or do you not rely on that as much? Oh, no,
2: absolutely. So clearly in the first place, if it's a public company, I think shareholder reports, annual presentations, quality presentations um, are really great. I think a lot of the large organizations now openly welcome vendors in where they actually present their strategy out to the vendor community for them to really understand, digest, and then create a value proposition back to them on exactly, as it relates to that strategy, whether they think they could add value. That's a great one, which we're seeing come up uh, more and more. As I said, the partner community is a great source of information. Um, and then it's a, I think it's a case of, actually another really, really great way to do this is if you can find um, X C-level execs at a particular organization that are, Obviously, no longer there, but B, um, they're in a consulting capacity. Um, a great, a great trick is to get them in for two, or three days consulting. Present them your account plan. Present them your vision strategy, because they've been on the inside and they know. Yes, they know the the org chart, but but more important, they know the influence map, which typically is very different from the org chart, um, and they can kind of play back to you, their thoughts on that vision and strategy and that plan to see really does it hit on the right points with the right people. So if you can find those people, it's a really, really great trick basically to accelerate execution in a big account.
1: Yeah. When when do you get to a point of walking away from an account from a strategy perspective? Uh, You can invest a lot of time, energy and resources on going and building strategies. For you, you know, what are the key kind of walk away signals?
2: Well, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the E.B. meeting, really. Um, if, if you've got the, if you're getting the right feedback from coaches and champions that this is a strategy that potentially fits and works, the ultimate test is the E.B. meeting, where if you don't come away with a sponsored engagement from that economic buyer, a, you walk away, or B, you've got invariably you've got just got more work to do to come back and replay based on their feedback iterations on that strategy or that plan. Um, so yeah, look, you can't execute big without EB sponsorship. It's that's pretty black and white. So for me, that's the that's the ultimate um, qualify in or out. And if you can execute that EB meeting well. And you can understand from them. And they'll they'll probably say, look, this strategy is great. Guys, you are a million miles away from that. But I admire the aspirations and the ambition. This is what I would need to see for for us as an organization to really entertain you in that thought leadership, trusted advisor kind of status. And then all that does, that gives us um, some homework to go away, execute against, under the guise of their sponsorship with their team and if their team know that we've got the sponsorship of that EB they would absolutely help us and then it's a case of going back to the EB hopefully delivering what they've asked and then getting that real sponsorship or they may not they may say as an organisation they're not ready which also does happen quite a lot I think we can we can move a lot faster than these big organisations. So it's whether or not we can get we can get similar pace in terms of transformation.
0: Yeah. So Stuart, you, you talk a lot about um, you know getting support from your own organisation to really almost test some of these initiatives in terms of what resonates with your own you know C level and execs within within your own organisation. Tell us about how you can leverage people in your own business to really prepare you for these big uh, EV meetings? Sure, and there's actually
2: two parts to that. One is one is testing the talk track. Does it make sense? But candidly, it also is a test of your own internal organisation. If we're going to go and pitch something truly transformational and probably something that we haven't potentially done internally to that scale, it's a really good test for you that if we go and get the buy-in with the customer, are we, as an organisation, actually able to truly deliver on that as well? So it's, re- it's a really good barometer test of, kind of internally, are we up for these kind of transformational projects? Um, and how do we do it? It's it's basically building champions internally. So before we go and do that externally, it's it's creating it's creating that vision, a strategy, presenting it to internal teams. Um, and setting the outcomes that it drives for us as an organisation, as well as obviously the, the outcomes it would drive for the, for the customer or prospects, And getting them, and, and what I find working at the last two companies I have, it's really, really hard. It's a fight for internal resource and time and attention, especially at an exact level. So as, a, as an account team, it's how do we, garner the attention and time and resources of our key execs internally and if we can if we can show to them that we are trying to do something different on a much bigger scale with that particular customer invariably they are probably going to get drawn more naturally to an engagement like that rather than something that's potentially more tactical and not as transformation for not as transformational for our own company um so it's really about building internal champions first
1: yeah stuart you you spoke in our discovery call um around th- having 30 seconds to impress can you elaborate a bit more i know you've probably summarized it but, but could you just elaborate a little bit more on what you yeah, mean sure
2: and, and i'll say this to my team every day um regardless of who you're meeting whether it's a discovery meeting or champions or an eb meeting whatever or whomever it's with, I think the first things that people think when they meet an account team for the first time is, is this person credible? Do I trust them? Can they solve my problems? Is my career gonna be positively or negatively impacted by partnering with this person or this team or this company? And I think this is the way that you start meetings, uh, where you can talk to Kind of the preparation that you put in to this meeting, set out the agenda, the outcomes that you're looking to drive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it 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 just sets the tone for absolutely everything. And I've seen so many times where account teams have kind of been sloppy the way that they kick off meetings, especially with execs. Um, and I can physically see people switch off, and it's really, really hard to get people's attention again, especially at an exec level because I've got so many things going on in the head. If you haven't got them focused on you 100%, you know they're thinking about other things. Um, so it's really, really important to turn up, be professional, be prepared and be
1: credible do you always start with the right belief system or does belief system come with time? And how do you accelerate your belief system to get where it needs to get to? Great question.
2: It always always starts a belief system. It's about mindset. Um, And it's really the compass by which you you execute an account. And if you start with that belief system on day one, the hardest thing then is to execute with discipline against that every single day because – in rarely what you find you come up with a great vision and strategy and you validate it internally you start to validate it with with your customer and you feel really really good but because it's set against really big hairy audacious goals that's not going to come easy and quite soon you're going to come up against some barriers and some challenges and it's so easy to just completely forget that strategy and then start executing tactically because it's easier, right? So it's it's applying this, this rigour and governance and discipline every day. to It's kind of an unwavering focus against this with this belief system. That's why it's so important from day one. And I've seen so many people kind of meander away from that within two or three months of building this great strategy. And it's, look, don't get me wrong, sometimes you absolutely have to do it if you know that that's not possible at this time for whatever reasons, there's certain barriers or issues. But the most successful salespeople have this belief system from day one. It has to be in their language, for sure. I've seen that quite a few times where it all looks and feels and sounds really great, but it's quite obvious that it's all about us. (laughs) It has to be which is why it's really important to validate this with your coaches and champions. And also execs internally at your organisation because they speak the same language as the execs at your, your customers and prospects. Um, so it has to speak their language and it has to drive the outcome specific to that particular E B. Because otherwise they'll just push you away to, some, to another part of the business. Absolutely, absolutely. So,
0: so let's just kind of uh, end with some. Obviously, there's lots and lots of nuggets of uh, you know to take away from that. But if there were two things that you should, you know, you would ask our audience, our listeners, to absolutely try. What would those two things be?
2: Create a generic and common talk track. I'll probably call it a communication deck. Where, especially in big accounts, every single person that you meet. Whether it's engineers, developers, operational people, um, business people, execs, if you if you've got this really powerful vision and strategy with that organisation, it's really really important that you say the same thing to every single person that you meet, because it's kind of it's kind of herd-like mentality. Over time. If you say the same thing over and over again to every single person you meet, that's, eventually people start to believe that. Um, and it's, it's, that's a really powerful thing for sure. And I think um, what, what happens ultimately after a while is, they then take on your own terminology and your value proposition. Because if everybody's hearing the same thing, when they start to talk about you when you're not there, if you've done that job really, really well, they will start replicating the same the same language and that really then percolates up the chain to the execs at that organization so it's really simple three or four slides yeah um and every single time you meet somebody that account and internally as well you use the same deck and it just creates consistency
1: yeah I think something that you spoke about, again, when we had our discovery tool uh, talk, sorry, was to, to to put yourself in their shoes. I think you had a really interesting kind of, you know, a conversation and some tips around that yeah, it's, just well. a, it's a general tip,
2: really. Um, not, not, not specifically centered on a belief system, but I always, and I think it probably may come back to, to for me coming from the business, but every time somebody asks me a question, a customer or a prospect, or they behave in a certain way, Um, or they show a certain personality trait in in an engagement with them, I put myself in their shoes to try and understand why are they asking that question? Why are they behaving that way? There's always, always a reason. Um, Or if you get bad news from them, why are they really giving you bad news? If you was them, what would your concerns be about this engagement or the next step or whatever that would be? And it's... It's a general tip, but I find it to be really, really, really powerful.
0: I think that's a perfect segue, Stuart, to do a bit of a summary of what we've heard today because I think that really does transcend through a lot of the different elements of this, which is you know, the reason why the belief system is so important is because ultimately you know, when you go into these accounts and you're really trying to elevate yourself, you have to be armed with the right information but also aimed at the people that you're obviously engaging with. And it has to absolutely resonate. And the awareness of that, the different stakeholders of different agendas, and being able to translate that common vision, however big it is, but really be able to really kind of continuously, as you said, generically, every time you go through, you're reinforcing the same message, you staying consistent to that vision. And, and, and the truth is, is that unless that vision starts with the right research, with the right intent, with the right belief system, it's very, very difficult to maintain that and eventually it will fizzle away. So ensuring that you go into these accounts with the right foundations, with the right belief, with the right research, with the consistency which is required to, to, to execute, seems to be what really brings these amazing transformational uh, results. So I think that's been an absolutely you know, fantastic, fantastic topic certainly taken so much from this today and Stuart just want to say a massive thank you for really taking the time to uh, to speak with us today really really truly appreciate it now guys I've really enjoyed
1: it myself it's uh, it's my pleasure
2: again thanks for the invite
1: absolutely our pleasure and thank you for spending so much time thinking about this subject and, and talking to us so um so look to all our listeners we really do hope you've enjoyed the show um please do like share and comment um but We look forward to welcoming you all back for another Mastery Mission and session soon. Thanks ever so much, everyone. Have you enjoyed the session today? Be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? The 2020 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information.